One of my personal vision and missions is to change the way people think about money. All right, I want to get straight into a load of content because I probably only have 75 minutes with you because I brought some great guests in. <laughs> Takes a skill to make one person have an orgasm in a, in a group full of people. <laughs> all right, great. So, the vision for Rob.team. So, you're all members of Rob.team. And I set up Rob.team to help as many people start and scale their business and get better financial knowledge. And to create a community of entrepreneurs where it's safe to be yourself. Because out there in the real world, I think entrepreneurs are often quite judged. So, you know, we work long hours and that's not good for work-life balance. And apparently money doesn't make you happy. Fucking does! <laughs> money doesn't make you happy. Yeah, take away all my billions, said no one ever. So I wanted to create a safe space and place where you could all network, connect, collaborate, do joint ventures and partnerships, um, and get more specific education on starting and scaling your business and becoming a creator, an entrepreneur. So I actually think the world of entrepreneurship has changed a lot. So I'm going to get straight in. So I definitely recommend you take some notes right now. I was having a chat with my friends um, Andy and Lloyd there, um, and Joe as well, about how investing and entrepreneurship has changed. So back in the day, there was no such thing as a digital asset. And back in the day, there was no such thing as a creator. You know, a creator, well, many, many years ago, the creator was Lord, Jesus, the God. And then a creator was someone who actually made something physical. And now a creator is anyone who puts content online. And it's one of the best ways to make a living. Like, every one of you in this room could, could be and probably should be. I'm in the room. You don't need to watch me on the lives. <laughs> I'm going to shout at you in real life. Do you know, on every one of my lives, someone says, calm down, breathe. No! <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, me, Julie. <laughs> Can't remember what I was saying. So, I am fascinated by this creator economy. And I think that every one of you, assuming you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, assuming that's why you follow me, I think the opportunity for you to love what you do and do what you love and turn your passion into your profession not just earn a living, but make a life sharing what you love to do. That was a, a pipe dream. That was a fantasy 20 years ago in the industrial age. And now it's a reality. So the first thing I would write down is, I would just urge you all to find that thing that you love to talk about, that you know you're credible in, and I would go on a mission to share that message with as many people as possible. Because in every niche, someone has become famous for doing that. Like Wim Hof. Show me a hand if you've ever heard of Wim Hof. I mean, you know, 
I never knew anyone could make so much money freezing your bollocks off. <laughs> but like, he's, a new TV show is coming out with him where he's taking these celebrities through extreme cold conditions. And clearly Wim Hof is just so excited about the cold, if you've ever watched him and studied his stuff. And I think it's a great place in the world where you can rise to the top and make an amazing living by sharing what you're passionate about and inspiring other people to go on that journey too. So I want Rob.team to be for creators who can turn their message and mission into money. So my first agenda point, as requested by you, is how to have a love affair with money. One of my personal vision and missions is to change the way people think about money. Because there's too much stigma attached to money. There's too much judgment attached to money. There's too much guilt and shame attached to money. Now I've got some friends in the room here already making good money. But let me ask you this, it's a serious question. Are you making fuck you money? <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. I didn't design it, so... I actually had one person walk out of my event last week for the swearing, so I might as well just let you know now how this is going to be. But apparently, fuck you money is that you have so much money that you can say fuck you to whoever you want. Boris, fuck you. <laughs> Donald, fuck you. So there's always another level when it comes to money. But why is it that if we started getting into talking about making more money, society would judge us as greedy and society would frown upon us for wanting to make money? So I've got three things here on how to have a love affair relationship with money, which basically means continually levelling up and making more of it. So the first thing is you have to learn to love making money. Like, do you love making money? I, I shouldn't say this. And I said to myself this morning, don't say this in front of all these people. <laughs> but I'm going to fucking say it. <laughs> so um, I just got paid £350,000 this month. It's a decent month. Because, you know, that's... Um, in the month of March. So some people would say that's too much money. Or that you shouldn't talk about how much money you make. Why shouldn't you talk about how much money you make? Well, it's not, yeah, it isn't very British, but what is British? Is Boris British? It's not, not very British. Hmm. I, I, I agree with you, but I, I don't really know what that means. But for every person that might judge you, someone will be inspired by you. So here's the paradox someone like me exists in. If I don't tell people how much money I make, then they're not really going to want to learn about making money from me. Because you wouldn't hire a personal trainer who's just had a triple heart bypass operation. Yet when you talk about money, you face the judgment and ridicule. So my point number one is you have to learn, I believe, you have to learn to love making money 
And number two, you have to face the judgment and ridicule of making that money. Now, I want to get in the head of everyone today, not just the people who are starting out. So for those of you that are making decent money, I still think there's something in, in your mind that could stop you from making fuck you money. So if you think about how you feel about being judged and ridiculed, and you face those things, and you let go of those things, I believe you'll make a lot more money. Like, I'll give you an example. Many of you know my business partner, Mark. Many of you are good friends with him, Mark Homer. He will never talk about how much money he makes. And he would not want to do anything particularly opulent because he wouldn't want to be judged for that. So um, he's, he's only just, and he said it was thanks to me, but he's only just decided to get his um, pilot rating for um, turbine engine helicopters. Mark could buy turbine engine helicopters. He, he could just go and buy them for cash. He's a pilot in a piston engine helicopter, the, the Robinson 22 and 44. But I th if, if he's honest, he wouldn't want to be judged to be too grotesque or opulent. So just learning the little cheaper helicopters. He's had his Porsche 911, the same one, for nine years. He could buy every Porsche. He could go into a Porsche dealer and he could buy every Porsche cash. I know, because I got him pissed once. <laughs> and he told me how much money he had, which he never otherwise does. <laughs> but I'm just going to leave you with this point and write it down. It's for everyone. What would you do if you didn't care what anyone thought about you? What would you do if no one would judge you? Okay, number two then, on how to have a love affair relationship with money. And that is, if you link money to your highest values, and you convert those highest values into a meaningful product or service, you are guaranteed to be rich. Caveat, you've got to do the work. So let me say that again. If you link making money to your highest values, and you take those highest values and convert them into a meaningful product or service, you will become rich. So your highest values are what's most important to you in your life. Now, some mothers, for example, and fathers, but mostly mothers, their children are their highest values. They just haven't learned yet how to turn that into a product or service that's valuable to people. But some people on TV have, you know, those coaches that go in and help parents with troublesome children. So anyone can convert anything into money. Anyone can. Alchemy is real. You can convert anything into money. But the way to do it sustainably, scalably and consistently is to figure out what's most important to you in your life and then turn that into a useful product or service. That's what um, Elon Musk has just done buying Twitter, by the way. He's bought that for what, 44 billion? 
That's not going to be worth 44 billion when he's finished with it. You know that for a fact. That's going to be a, that could be a trillion dollar company. You know what he's about. And he is turning his value of free speech and his value of a more unregulated free market into a, a useful product and service. Watch Twitter's share price after it gets Elon Musked. You know it's going up. He's going to go in, he's going to get rid of all the bots, he's going to open source the algorithm. Two things that Twitter could have done the last 15 years. I mean, probably half of all social media accounts probably are bots. But they don't get rid of these bots. And Elon Musk comes in, right, all bots will be gone. Human authentication, open source algorithm. How many other social media channels would let you know what their algorithm is doing to you? None of them. So I believe he's taking his human values and turning them into a business opportunity. I believe that is what Elon Musk is doing. Twitter is a service. You may or may not like it, but it is a service. Twitter is valuable. You may or may not like it, but it's valuable. Yes, what's your name? Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Hi. Um, yeah, I, I follow a coach. I was thinking about judgment. I was thinking, well, no, I don't judge anyone, but then I do. Um, I follow a coach called Melanie, um, and she she's making like um, about eight million a month or something ridiculous. And she's she's all about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, none of us judge, but yeah. <laughs> and she she's got so many followers, and they pay her a lot of money. And sometimes I look and think, what's so special about her? Is she just inflating the industry? Um, you know, because everyone wants to be paid more, all the coaches want to be paid more, and she's like raising the bar, saying we want the standards to be raised. This is, you know, I'm putting the benchmark in. But she also um, charges a lot of money, and she makes a lot of money. And so everyone is like, yeah, I want to be like you. And is that like false inf inflating a market? Um. So, you asked a question in the middle, something along the lines of, what is it that she is doing? There's two ways to ask that question. What the fuck is it that she's doing? Or, hmm, what is it that she's doing? There's two ways to ask that question. And entrepreneurs ask it the second way, i.e., what is it that this person is doing that I can learn from? Not, what the fuck are you doing? So I just picked that sentence out in the middle. I, I don't know that you can inflate a market. This, this is a paradoxical question. At the moment, I think property prices are high, relatively through a cycle. Watch prices and car prices and asset prices and food prices and fuel prices and taxes are all high. But I don't know that you can call them inflated because they are what they are. And there's different factors that have caused this huge soaring cost of living. So I don't know that you can inflate a market. A market is a market. And it works on supply and demand. So what is either happening is this coach is providing a, a valuable product or service that enough people deem valuable that they want to pay her. 
I mean, you get the occasional instance of something like Bernie Madoff, or you get in a market someone that looks like they're doing well, but it ends up exposing itself. That can happen. And it's not always by nefarious means like Bernie Madoff. Sometimes it's just an unsustainable business that's being pumped. Because this person could be doing 8 million a month in revenue, but she could have 9 million a month in costs. We don't know, do we? So that's why you always want to look at someone in a market and look at what they're doing and see what you can learn from, but you still need to have a discerning eye. Because until you actually see the, the profit and loss and the balance sheet and the management accounts, you don't really know what she's doing. So I've had this challenge my whole life, by the way, um, which is, number one, I want to be inspired by inspiring people, and I want to learn from the best, because I know that's the quickest, easiest way to become successful. But here's the problem. You lose who you are. Like, none of us are Gary Vee, or Grant Cardone, or Marie Forleo, or whoever. We are ourselves. Um, you can see straight off when someone's done some Tony Robbins public speaking. I have not fucking high-fived anyone in the last 15 years, and I'm proud of that. <laughs> you get a fist bump off me, and that's it. I'm not high-fiving anyone. And I'm not fucking dancing either. No way. But when you don't... Here's the thing. This is important. Write this down. When you don't know who you are, you copy everyone else. But I believe the right thing to do is to model the traits of the greats. But either be or find yourself through that process. So I can't say she is inflating the market or the market is inflated because a market is a market. She might be driving it up. But Tony Robbins is a coach and he gets a million minimum. You've got to put a million down minimum if you want to be one of his clients. There you go per day, and you know, I think he's worth nearly half a billion. So he might be inflating the market, but the thing with Tony Robbins is, like, I would probably have done one third less of the revenue without Tony Robbins. So I worked this out, and again, Mark would never say this, but I'm just gonna say it because it's my job, but I worked out, and Mark hasn't worked this out yet, and he will spend the next three months when he hears me say it, actually working it out. Um, so Mark and I have done more than a quarter of a billion in revenue in the last 15 years. Much of that from the training business and some of that in property. And at least a third of all that revenue that's come from training, people did a Tony Robbins course before they did one of our courses. So Tony Robbins has opened the gate for many people in education and training, etc. So some things to think about. Thanks for your question. Okay, right. The next thing then, so I'm still on how to have a love affair with money. You need to link making money to your highest value or values and then convert those values or that value into a useful product and service. And then the third thing to have a, a love affair relationship with money is to be around people with money. I'm not an elitist human being. I think all people are equal, except much of the UK government. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've actually, I think we've agreed to have Rishi on the podcast. I should probably shut the fuck up until I've had him on the podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, So this is not a judgment, but if you want to make more money, you've got to be around people with money. And you've got to strategically position yourself. If you hang around with people with no money, they always talk about people. If you hang around with people with money, they talk about ideas and businesses. What's your name? Alex. Hi, Alex. Um, Just when you said about um, sort of being around people with more money, um, how do you go about changing your environment like that, stepping up your peer group, et cetera, to bring you forward more? So... Any event that you can find the successful people are speaking at or business owners and entrepreneurs might be at, I would go to. So that's way number one. Anyone who's successful in business that you might know, I would start to spend more time with them and over time spend less time with people who are not of that ilk. The, the whole thing about friends and your network always comes up when business and entrepreneurship is discussed. And some people are quite ruthless about it, and some people are quite loyal to people they've known for many years. I would just say this. You have a very finite amount of time. Invest that time wisely. So... I'm not going to be alive for very long, so I I don't want to spend time with people that I'm not aligned with. It's not a judgment. Some of those are old friends, some of those are family members. It's not a judgment. It's just we're not on the same journey. And people are either going to pull you forward or hold you back. So being around people with money. So one of my good friends is Matt, Matt Fidesz who has the biggest martial arts franchise in the world, um, which is actually much more credible than being Michael Jackson's bodyguard, because I think it's a harder thing to do. Um, And Matt is one of the most connected people I know. He just knows everyone. So when you get connected with one person who knows everyone, potentially you're connected with that those connections so events lunches dinners and times with people i mean if you follow the entrepreneurs and influencers that you're keen and interested in and then just follow them around wherever they go so we've got barry hearn here later like i'm i'm so pleased you all came by the way i'm going to let you into something 500 people registered for this event I reckon there's, what, 80, 85 of you here? That'll be a guess. What is it, Callum? 88. Yeah, pretty good at the numbers bit. 500 registered. 88 are here so far. Yeah. And ba- uh, so either, either there was a big fucking tube strike somewhere and they're all coming in later. I'm always hopeful. <laughs> or they found something else more important. Are there? All right then. 
Yeah, can we go and get the 412 people in the basement, please, Callum? <laughs> yeah. If it's important to you, you will find a way. If it's not, you will find an excuse. <laughs>